0: Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. I'm Ian McKinnon. I'm joined this week by Dave Somerville. This is the WinFL Show. And Dave, how are you doing this week?
1: Very glad to be here. Bit of a crazy week in the NFL, but you know, we love the NFL and we've had a great weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, we certainly do love the NFL, and it was, it's of so many games, uh, so so many games that ended 20-17, to 17, for some reason, that seemed to be the hey, score, hey. the go-to score around the or in the NFL this week, uh, so we're going to have our week 9 recap, and then we're going to do a rapid-fired week 10 preview, and of course, we'll finish off with random stats, um, so we'll jump straight into it, Dave, and we're going to kick off yeah. with Thursday Night Football, it was the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Houston Texans at NRG Stadium. Stadium, 68,831 fans packed in to watch the Eagles take care of business and move to 8 0 without game that was a little bit closer than I think a lot of people expected. 29-17 with the Eagles scoring eight points in that fourth quarter. Dave, what did you take away from this game?
1: I think um I think the scoreline Kind of almost flattered the Eagles in some way, they didn't ever look like they were really going to lose, but the Texans did well to keep up with them, Consid- all, all things considered. Because people were predicting things like you know 40 points to three and uh 39 points to six, those kind of things. But the Eagles did they they got found out a couple times, but they managed to get the job done as you would expect of these kind of top teams, and again, they're still winless, which is just incredible. Um, do think- you Do mean, you mean undefeated? <laughs> uh, yes, I could mean that as well. The Texans may as well be winless. <laughs> but the Eagles, the Eagles me may- be undefeated. Yeah, they, they may are, they be undefeated. undefeated. They are. Undefeated. are. They, are, they undefeated. are undefeated. They're lossless. That's supposed to be lossless. So yeah. i Look, maybe it's the accent. I, I think maybe just you, everyone misunderstood uh, what I was saying. So not just yourself, but all our listeners, because what I said was lossless. That's quite clearly what I said. But yeah, yeah. it was. It was pretty much um the the Eagles kind of coasted a little bit, but at the same time they could have been a lot better in a lot of areas. So I'm just wondering, are some teams just ever so slightly finding little weaknesses in this Eagles team? Because as we know, there's not a lot of weaknesses in this team. But the Texans, who are not the best team, uh, well, they managed to pick apart the Eagles uh, every so often. And they, uh, you know, uh, they came out the blocks firing. um, I think it was the first drive of the entire game they went, flying down the other side drove, uh, ran the ball drove the ball down a few throws from Davis Mills and they got the touchdown in the end so they were 7-0 up but yeah I think the second half they just kind of faded away I think they they gave it their all in the first half they went into the half uh, 14-0 um, even though it was a missed field goal from I think Jake Elliott is the Eagles Jake kicker Elliott, I think yeah. um, he missed a field goal with the last kick of the first half uh, that would have seen the Eagles ahead but you know, second half, well, Jalen Hurts turns up. Um, Mr. Brown himself, AJ Brown, uh, with with a touchdown in the third quarter. And Dallas Goddard sealing it in the fourth quarter with a fantastic catch from Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts ran in for the two-point conversion as well. He did, yeah. Put, um, yeah. D- D- Dallas Goddard, uh, he's, he's proven to be a bit of a weapon. Eight catches for 100 yards and a
0: touchdown uh-huh. and for him. He's a, a good player for Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, 21-27. On the day, I've written 128.9, one hundred twenty eight point nine, two touchdowns as you mentioned, no picks. Davis Mills, though, still, um, I, I hate to, I've said it before, I don't like to say it uh, that he's overachieving, but he's definitely performing better than most people thought he would. He was a third round pick, Davis Mills, mm-hmm. I think, for the Texans, and he's still doing a But what can you say about the rookie Damian Pierce? Twenty-seven attempts for one hundred and thirty-nine yards. He looks fantastic, and with with you know the very unfortunate event that Brees Hall's out for the year. Mm-hmm. You have to look at Damian Pierce as being uh, the front runner for. Prob- I would take this guess anyway. Offensive rookie of the year. What do you think of that?
1: I think he's right up there. It's it's hard. I mean, it, there's no There's a lot of good and great rookies, but Pierce is right up there. As was Brees Hall. That that was just cruel. What happened to Brees Hall? Um, Davis Mills was a bit hit and miss. I mean, thirteen or twenty-two for a hundred and fifty-four yards. He did get two touchdowns, but he also got two picks as well, which is a bad. It's not a great thing to see. Uh, Pierce did really well with a couple big runs, and you know, it they they did what the Texans could do, which was run the ball, and they ran it successfully. He averaged over five yards per carry from 27 carries. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, and when uh, Davis Mills was throwing it, it who's primarily targeting. Um, Dorset and uh, Chris Moore as well, the two wide receivers, didn't really get their um, their tight ends in it. I think O.J. Howard is the Texans' tight end there. So um, he, he only got one reception for 14 yards. But... Um, yeah, the, the the one on defense of the Texans that I do really like is their first-round pick, Derek Stingley Jr. He, yeah. for the first half anyway, he had a brilliant first half. His coverage, especially when he was on A.J. Brown, was brilliant. It was outstanding. However, the second half, the whole t- Texans defense and offense really faded away, the offense especially. Um, when Davis Mills was getting the ball, he just couldn't do much with it in the second half. But... Eagles march on, 8-0, Texans 1-6-1, and probably looking at quarterbacks from next year's draft.
0: They might be, and I don't think they need to. I think they've got enough with Davis Mills that if they just get a a couple of receivers, they need to improve the offensive line, though, that they can do Mm -hmm. well. And as was said with uh, Pierce, the running back, it's strange to think... Over the past couple of years, you know the running backs who've come out. The as rookies last year, you had um, Javante Williams. Uh, you had Etienne, although he didn't play last year. He's looking great yeah. this year. Um, you then got, as we said, Brees Hall, and you got Pierce, and some of these running backs are just absolutely brilliant for the for their respective teams. And speaking of Brees Hall, his team uh, in the next game in MetLife Stadium against the Buffalo Bills. 83,135 fans watched the New York Jets beat the Buffalo Bills by a score of 20-17. to 17, The first of many 20-17 games that happened this week. And it came right down to it. Uh, with, uh, Greg Zerline kicking the go-ahead field goal with just 1 minute 43 to go. And Josh Allen looking uncharacteristically uh, mistake-prone. Now, I mentioned this last week because... Josh Allen had thrown a couple of interceptions in the second half last week, but it really looked like last week he just wasn't caring at this point because they were just blowing the doors off their opponent. But oh. in this game, Josh Allen, and I think, I can't remember if it was the first drive or second drive, through one of the worst interceptions I think I've ever seen. What it was, clear, he just I don't know if he just didn't see the, the Jets player, how he didn't see him, I don't know, because he was literally standing in front of him. Josh Allen just threw him the ball for a horrendous interception. He owned his mistake, came out and said, this is on me. I played like poop and, uh, (laughs) you know, need to do better. And yeah, you know, so I'll give him props for for owning his own mistakes. But a bit of a shocker, Dave, what did you think?
1: Just to pick up on that play that you did mention. um, So I I did see a camera angle of it where one of the, you know, there was a, a... tussle going on between uh, one of the Bills offensive linemen and the defense lineman of the Jets. Um he was actually blocked. He, he was probably wasn't able to see the lurking safety. Uh was Josh Allen. So when he threw it, I think he just expected um Dawson Knox to uh, to get it and all of a sudden this little white and green head popped up on his hands, grew around the ball and you know, off he went kind of thing. So it was um yeah, it was Probably the worst Josh Allen performance I've seen for quite a while. He wasn't even, I mean, they, he only attempted 25 throws in the game. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not quite sure. No, sorry, I've, I saw, I'm looking at uh, Zach Wilson's stats I've got written down. He had 18 of 34 for 205 yards, no touchdowns and two picks.
0: Yeah, very is, uncharacteristic.
1: Very yeah, I mean, he was he was good on the... He was, good. he was good on the ground because he, he, he almost got first down every time he took off, which was pretty decent. Um, they came out, they came. I think it was the first play of, of, the, of the Bills' first drive. He came out and threw it to Stefan Diggs for, I think it was 20, 26, maybe even 30 yards. And I thought, oh, here we go. This is going to be an annihilation. This is them setting up for the rest of the game. Oh, no. The donk, I should have taken my own advice. Don't count out the Jets. And, oh, boy. Is Sauce Gardner the real deal? If uh, you know how you're saying about Pierce being the prime contender for offensive rookie of the year, yeah. meet the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, Sauce
0: Gardner. no, I, do you know what? No, 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 no. no. Sauce Gardner um, got away again with the most blatant pass interference on that final drive. He should have been called. Should have been called more than once in this game, uh, and it cost the Bills' game. Cost them. Cost them uh, field goal range and this you're talking about a guy who horse-collared Cortland Sutton in the end zone at the end of the game against the Jets wasn't called and then mm. had this one against was it Gabe Davis and yes. horrendous officiating i'm i'm not i'm not buying into the sauce garden hype um, i think he's an, a tremendous athlete i do however um if the flags had been thrown when they should have been thrown his stats would look nowhere near as good as they do you think um, so? Because uh, I... Yeah. I He's mugging just... receivers and getting away with it.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you a list of the receivers that has been covered by Sauce Gardner this year. So you've got Amari Cooper of mm-hmm. the Browns, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Stefan Diggs, and Gabe Davis. That's a pretty elite group of wide receivers there. are. To get the advantage from some of these guys, you do have to sort of go, you know, go as close to that line as possible. And at some time you will end up going over it, which I think he did quite, uh, quite a few times. He's this done season. it a few
0: times. The, the problem is that he's not getting called for it. It's, Anyone yeah, else has got to be called. called for that. That, if if he'd done, he done that call. to
1: Mike Evans, <laughs>
0: that's a flag oh. every day of the week. And that, literally that's twice on a, that's a, that's a suspension. Yeah, you know, it's just um, I I don't like it. Um, I as I say, he's an an incredible athlete, tremendous athlete. He needs to clean his game, but well, actually, he doesn't because he's not getting the calls.
1: So yeah, but he's got raw talent. Oh yeah, he's, he's got, got that. He's got bags he's of got ability. Serious. Yeah, he's got serious man covering man, man to man cover talent. I think you're right that he does need clean it up a wee bit. That. They're going to get that out of him. You know, these the calls are really dodgy and dubious. I, I I think he is going to be defensive rookie of the year. And I also think that he is going to be probably the next Patrick Sertan.
0: Well, you know, he, he, you might be right. He might get the award. He doesn't deserve it because uh, he's, he doesn't. Like he, think the, so. the only reason the Jets beat the Bronx is because he mugged Cortland Sutton in the end zone. So, should have been first and goal from the one-yard line. And the only reason that they beat the Bills is because he mugged Gabe Davis uh, and they would have been in field goal range and it up. So, yeah, you could argue that he's responsible for two of the Jets' wins, but he's done it, uh, you know, illegally. And that's just a fact. Anyway, moving moving on to who I think will be the defensive uh, rookie of the year, Detroit Lions. Green Bay Packers, Ford mm-hmm. Field, 63,379 fans watched their Detroit Lions hand Green Bay their fifth straight loss. And Aiden Hutchinson, he is my guy for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He was everywhere, including intercepting passes in the end zone. But what can you say, Dave? Aaron Rodgers, what's happened to him three times? he threw an interception in the red zone. Two of them within the five-yard line to kill three drives. And at least two of them were awful throws by Rodgers of those mm-hmm. three. Some amazing plays by by the Lions defenders. But what's going on with Green Bay? Taking nothing away from Detroit. But Dave, let's talk about the Packers for a minute. What's going on?
1: Billion dollar question right there. Um, I think, we're, well... You know, kudos to the Lions because they held the Packers to nine points. And I think at times the Packers were lucky to get the nine points. They just have no kind of um, composure in the red zone. Or Aaron Rodgers, someone who you would put your life savings on in some situations to make the right choice. Made bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. And then just, you know, 23 of 43 was Aaron Rodgers for 291 yards. One TD, three picks, like you said, and he, he did actually rush four times for 40 yards. So maybe he should just be a rushing quarterback, kinda just go in the wildcat from now on, uh, should Aaron Rodgers, because his throwing is just mediocre recently. Um, Packers couldn't throw, uh, run the ball. Uh, between AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, they had 20 carries for 59 yards, which is less than three yards a carry. Um, uh, Lazard made a great catch and a great reach to the end zone um, I think that that was in the third quarter if I remember rightly uh, he had four receptions for 87 yards and that TD but yeah the Packers are in trouble the, the Lions I, I mean the, some of the throws were just off there was one or two under thrown, one two one or two overthrows. And then the last throw, the last throw of the game, I think it was they were fourth and goal or fourth and ten or something, uh, the Packers. And um what happened basically was that it was it was two Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was running on like a deep slant route, like a kind of post, and Pack, uh Aaron Rodgers threw it to the corner instead. There was no one there. I don't know was it who who was at fault between the two of them, but Throughout, the, they, they should have done a lot more throughout the game and if if the Lions had lost that game it would be the most Lions things ever, thing ever but the Packers I'm just not quite sure what to make of them anymore because they're 3-6 and six. they're way behind the Vikings I'd put them behind the Bears at this point which is a really big thing Yeah, to I didn't, didn't think we'd be seeing that No, and you know if you flip it on the other side the Lions are starting to wake up especially in the rushing game what um, Jamal Williams 24 carries for 81 yards only averages 3.4 but when he did get through those gaps oh he was strong just good power football uh, and DeAndre Swift he's not quite back into the run game at full time just yet but he was played primarily as a receiving back he got 3 receptions for 40 yards and 2 carries for 10 yards so yeah it was a good it was, it was a mediocre performance by the Lions in terms of that they did enough to get over the line. But the Packers were just awful. It, it's been a while. Can you remember the last time you saw a Packers team this bad? <sighs> Honestly? No. I, I, no. I, I
0: can't remember seeing this. This It's so ineffective. Everything they're mm-hmm. trying to do has been appalling. Um, I mean, so I'm just very quickly, give me some stats here. It, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. In 2018, the season... Aiden Rogers mm-hmm. threw two interceptions. In 2019, oh. he threw four. In 2020, he threw five. In 2021, he threw four. All season. He threw three on Sunday night. Seven for the season in nine games. This is this is unheard of for Aiden Rogers. Absolutely unheard of. I was just I, I hate to say this. I, I don't like it when people ask this question. But I'm going to ask you this question, Dave: mm. Is Aaron Rodgers done? Do you think he's just lost it and should retire at the end of the year? What do you reckon?
1: No, uh, I don't think so. Um, I, I I think that the Packers have had a quite a few injuries. Their offensive line hasn't really protected him as well as they could have done. Um, and obviously they've lost one or two players as well. He's lost Devontae Adams as well. Um, you know, in that big trade to the Raiders, which I think maybe Devontae Adams might be regretting a little bit because even though the the Packers are three and six, the Raiders are not a lot better and they're just they're just not better, to be quite honest. But um yeah, I think um I think Aaron Rodgers should at least um go for next season. After that, though, I think he needs to have a, a look to see if the Packers are actually going to help them out. Help him out, sorry. Because at this point in time, on defence, you've only got Jair Alexander, who Goff did throw a pick two. Um, yeah, which,
0: outstanding player. Alexander's playing lights out at the moment. He's playing. He's the he, only bright spark on this entire Packers team sometimes when you watch it.
1: Yeah, but see, that throw was entirely on Goff. When you, when you throw in the direction of a receiver who has, been mar- who has been man-to-man marked by Jair Alexander, what you don't do is either under-throw it or throw it in the wrong direction. Well, which, I think that's, this, just, that's <laughs> just good advice for every throw. <laughs> of all the people, of all the cornerbacks <laughs> to throw it to. You, just, you need to be at your A-game uh, when you're around Jair, Jair Alexander. I would pop, put him as top three in the league. Maybe top five are very pushed. Oh de- off de- off de- definitely
0: top five. I'd have them top five. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. But got that that was just one of the most golf things ever. And golf just didn't really need to turn up. Fourteen cat fourteen completions, twenty six yard uh, twenty six attempts, hundred and thirty seven yards, two touchdowns on one that one pick as well. So yeah. Lions get it done. I'm not quite sure how, but they did.
0: Yeah, they certainly did. And they were keeping it in the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings. Welcome the... uh oh, I beg your pardon. They were visiting the Washington Commanders at FedEx Fields and attended the 58,651 people. I had called this for the upset of the week. I said the Commanders were going to do it. They... Didn't quite end <laughs> it. Ended. Another 20-17 win. This time for the Vikings. And Kirk Cousins has thrown another touchdown pass. I think that's game number 39. 39 consecutive games. Kirk Cousins has thrown a touchdown pass in. And the Vikings come away with a 20-17 to victory over the Washington Commanders. And I don't know if you watched this game, Dave. But there was one point where the fans in FedEx Field were chanting... Heineke's name. They love this guy. Um I think they just hope that Wentz never ever comes back and no one else should ever attempt to pass other than Taylor Heineke for the Commanders. Um what did, what did you think of this one, Dave? Did
1: you watch this game? I didn't watch the game, but I saw that clip on Twitter and I, I was kinda thinking, Do I feel sorry for Carson Wentz or not? Probably not, because he's a multimillionaire. Yeah. But no. yeah, yeah, it's it's very hard to do that. But yeah, the Vikings suddenly woke up in that fourth quarter, which is what they needed to do. Uh because af- after 1 minute of the fourth quarter, the Commanders were up 17 to 10. Yeah. And I was thinking there's no way that, that our our pick is going to win it again because let's let's be honest, our picks are not the best picks. But you know we do no, it for the fun yeah we well, well, we
0: we yeah. do it as like what's the most unlikely upset and that's the one we yes. generally
1: pick yeah but <laughs> what what the, what the viking to me anyway what the vikings did was what the eagles did against the texans they did enough to get the job done but that no more because they could not run the ball whatsoever and the vikings are a run first offense Right, There's just no question about that. That's why Kirk Cousins, that's why Jimmy Garoppolo they're both really effective quarterbacks because they're there, they're good at play action, they're there when the team needs them to be there but at the same time they are run first offences and the Vikings could only get something done in that fourth quarter. They got, uh, I touched on early on Justin Jefferson but apart from that they were pretty stagnant for the rest of the game up until the fourth quarter and then 17 0, right up until 12 seconds to go. You were in with a shout. And then all of a sudden, no, a field goal for Greg Joseph. Is it Greg Joseph? Vikings, yes. Yes. Greg Joseph, yes. Until he got uh, after 12, well, with 12 seconds to go. So the Vikings, again, they're just, they're doing just enough. But at the same time, just enough is enough. And I I don't know. Well, I can't see anyone in their own division. Um, challenging them whatsoever. So I think they pretty much booked their playoff place. With, uh, they're 7-1 right now. They're kind of just chugging along. Taylor Heineke had a weird game to me. He had 15-28 for 149 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. But they were they managed to run the ball for over 100 yards in that game to the Commanders. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's, a, there's a lot of positives for the Commanders to take. I don't think they're going to catch the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to catch the Giants unless the Giants go on a losing streak. So I think they've got something to build on. But the Vikings are going to run away with the NFC North and the Commanders probably going to be last in their uh, own division. So, yeah, Vikings somehow march on with their... They've raided Washington and come away with the win. They certainly have, and then moving on we come to the
0: Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, where the Falcons welcomed the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Falcons managed 17 points, and this week, this means that the Chargers would score 20, and that's exactly what they did, <laughs> winning 20-17 to 17, uh, in front of 69,299 fans, and this was, welcome back, Cordell Patterson for the Falcons, he scored two touchdowns, but it was, hello, Austin Eckler for the Chargers, he had two touchdowns himself, one rushing, one receiving Patterson nearly had three touchdowns. Uh, One of them was called back, unfortunately, and they just couldn't quite get it done. Uh, Cameron Dicker, the kicker for the Chargers, hit two field goals in the fourth quarter to make it 20-17 as time expired with his 37-yard field goal. Uh, An exciting game day. It was very entertaining, this one, and it was good to see Cordell Patterson back. He's one of my favourite players in the entire yeah. NFL. I just, I just love Cordell Patterson.
1: And uh, so what do you make of this one? I thoroughly enjoyed this game because I, I watched this full game back on Red... On, not on Red, so on Game Pass. Now, I, I, there's... Uh, obviously, I think it was a really close game. Falcons looked good. Cordell Patterson looked good. But it's their other running back. Tyler, is it... Algier? Algier? Algier, I think his name is, the running back. Hmm. Uh, 10 carries, 99 yards, one reception for 24 yards. He, he looked brilliant. The Falcons just need to keep running the ball. Mariota, 12 completions of 23 for 129 yards. Just stop throwing the ball. Keep running it. <laughs> Cordell Parson looked amazing. Uh, Algier looked amazing. And then they give it to Mariota and he screws up. It's just ridiculous. Cal Pitts made a couple catches. Drake London made a couple catches. Apart from that, Mariota was pretty rubbish. But Yeah,
0: there was one where he overthrew. I can't remember if it was Pitts. He must have overthrown him by about six yards. And was yes, wide it was open Cal Pitts. Down yeah, the field. It, and I was like, was oh bad. my word, just... Yeah, I'm with you. Just give the ball to Cordell Patterson, and he'll win you the game. And they just they, for some reason they sort of got away from doing that. And he nearly had three scores in the day.
1: He uh, did, but there, there was there's also there's one play now. I don't know if you saw it or not. Now I'm gonna say it, it. It's what we call a double fumble play. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Okay, so I'm just I'm I'll, I'll start it off. So. Um, There was another fumble earlier in the game. Uh, The Falcons were in the red zone in the third quarter. Drake London, he's trying to push forward, trying to push forward, getting into the end zone, and he has the ball stripped by the Chargers linebacker, right? So that set off a little bit of a trend. Now, in the fourth quarter, the Chargers are third and four with about 44 seconds to go, and they're on the Falcons' 19-yard line. Now, bear in mind, they have a timeout left, okay? So... 44 seconds ago, third and four, they give the ball to Austin Eckler. Now, what happens is that Austin Eckler gets tackled and he's about a yard or two short of the first down marker. So he's trying to push and trying to dive forward. And just before he hits the ground, it it gets uh, bad out for a fumble. Mm -hmm. Now, no one, not many people saw, uh, there was maybe two Falcons defenders that saw the ball had come out and he wasn't down. One of them was the defensive lineman, on Graham. Now, what on Graham does is he picks it up and he runs. Now, no whistles are going. The Chargers suddenly wake up and, like, oh, no. And grahams he's running, he's running. He reaches the uh, Falcons 40 and he's still running. And for some reason, he lets go of the ball. He fumbles <laughs> it himself, no contact whatsoever. And then one of the the kind of chasing Offensive lineman for the Chargers picks it up, and that leaves the that that it's a double fumble, which means that they are, they sh- are now on uh, the Falcons 43 yard line. Uh, but because it was refumbled, it's back to first and 10. Now, I don't understand that.
0: So, the reason it's back to first and 10 is because possession had changed.
1: If it, the, yes, I, I, yeah,
0: so if, if the Chargers play from with the ball. Um, and he fumbles it backwards, and another Chargers player picks up the ball and gets tackled. That would have been whatever it was, fourth and fifty, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it was going. But because it changed possession, that's a brand new set of downs.
1: Yeah, where, okay. Whenever it
0: picks I, it up. So that's what that. That's what. Uh, yeah,
1: comes. I'll get. I'll go with him. Uh, what? What? The what happened though was that it then resulted in a first and ten, obviously for the Chargers, but on the Falcons' forty-three. The Chargers then get a throw, and they get it to. About, I think it's about the 30 yard line 20, nearly 25 mm-hmm. yard line and then they one, run one more play get it into field goal distance and then of course like I said the offensive special teams uh, AFC special teams player of the week uh, Cameron Dicker on his chargers debut with the game winning field goal just a complete circus act by the Falcons which at this point we've come to expect.
0: Unfortunately, that is the case with the Falcons, but good to see Patterson back. So hopefully he'll be entertaining us for weeks to come. So then we have the Cincinnati Bengals welcoming the Carolina Panthers into Pacor Stadium. Still don't like that. Um, and there was a the battle of the big cats and the Bengals. Wow. Well, I said it was Cordell Patterson and Austin Eckler in the last one. This was the Joe Mixon show. He absolutely exploded in this game and the Bengals ran away with it. It was 35-0 at halftime uh, before Bacon Mayfield came on for the Panthers. He managed to throw a couple of garbage time touchdowns. 42-21. to But Joe Mixon... Five touchdowns in this game, Dave. It was quite a sight to behold, wasn't it?
1: I mean, it was just incredible. That I, I the, the that was a competent um, running back performance by Joe Mixon, but at the same time, uh, for four. Uh, rushing touchdowns, one, rece- uh, one receiving touchdown as well. Joe Burrow managed to run in for a touchdown as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan McPherson was brilliant, except he, he did miss one field goal in the fourth quarter. Why they took the field goal, I do not know. Um, yeah, because at, at that point, they were what 42-14 uh, up. And they went for a field goal. Not quite sure why. You may as well go for it. That, that <laughs> I I think that would just 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 go for it. I don't care. I don't care if it's fourth and forty. You go for it. You give your fans something else. You know, you're not done at half time. I I mean, ask the Falcons that. Um but Oof, you know you're not done oh, at half time oh, okay. shots fired. But <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean it was it was just competent from start to finish from the Bengals. And the, this is the Bengals that we saw uh, last season, which is they're starting to come back now. Panthers, P.J. Walker got found out a little bit. That's why uh, Baker came in. Uh, he's obviously played against the Bengals quite a few times. But, um, yeah, Baker wasn't really able to get much done. He did, he did a good few things in the fourth quarter, though. But aside from that, I think the Panthers, they are, they are in a bit of trouble. And I'm curious now, will they be one of the teams going for quite a quarterback-heavy draft? They might
0: be. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Joe Bada was only sacked once. He'll be happy yeah. about that for five yards. But uh, yeah, the this was domination from start to finish by the Bengals. So we then move on to the next game. And this was an exciting one. It was uh, at Soldier Field with the Chicago Bears. Welcome to the Miami Dolphins. And a lot of people had the Dolphins completely running away with this one. This was not the case. But running certainly was the name of the game as far as the Bears were concerned. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to beat uh, two as passing attack. As they came up just shy with the Dolphins' screen. We can get a 35 to 32 victory and it really was a case of one team could not run and one team could not pass. But it was just, although I'm saying that, Justin Fields, you only threw 28 passes. Uh, mm-hmm. But he did have three touchdowns, really 123 yards. That's less than five yards per attempt. It's not good enough uh, in the NFL, but this running game for the Bears, 252 yards on the ground. It was an exciting game, Dave, and uh, I think a great game, even for a neutral viewer.
1: Oh, absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Justin Fields, NFC Offensive Player of the Week as well. Now, I'm just going to say that there was a record broken in this game. Now mm-hmm. we we love stats and we love records. We do. Uh Justin Fields, he broke the record for the most rushing yards by a quarterback in a regular season game of 178 rushing yards. Wow. Well done Justin Fields. Uh, he he may have trouble throwing the ball, but on on the ground, it you know what? It reminds me of um when, when Josh Allen looks unstoppable running. It's power running. Lamar is kind of juking and he's spinning and he's got all these moves. This was just power running by Justin Fields and he broke Michael Vick's record. Michael Vick has the two high. Apart from Justin Fields now, Michael Vick had the two highest uh, rushing yards in a game uh, with 173 and 166. Justin Fields now broke that by five yards, so 178 yards. Now, uh, just a quick random stat, just while we're on this game. Fourth place, Lamar Jackson with 152 yards. Do you have any idea who is fifth with 151? And it's, I, I, I will be very surprised if you get this. I'll, I'll say the, the division is an NFC West quarterback.
0: NFC West quarterback. I'm going to, I'm taking a guess that it is either Steve Young or Colin Kaepernick I'll go for one of the two 49ers guys.
1: It was. Do you know which one? Colin Kaepernick. It is, yes, Colin Kaepernick. hundred and fifty one yards. I don't I don't have the I don't have it in front of me of who it was against, but yeah, I I, I just thought there's no way I would have got that. You know, give me a million guesses, I would not have got that. Well I but think Justin you, Fields. The, the yeah. only
0: reason I, I guessed Kaepernick is because I remember he had a playoff game and I think it was against the Packers one year. Where did he not go for like two hundred yards rushing? on the ground in, in a playoff game against the Packers. Kaepernick had a, I think it was a Packers. I might, I might have that wrong. Uh, but he had one game where he just went completely mental and was just running for 80, yeah. 80 yard scores every time he took off. It was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's, uh, it was just Justin Fields. What a performance on the ground. It just needs to get that passing game going. Um, yeah. But what about Tua? Tua. Oh, no, is, t- t- listen, I, I've said this right. before. I'm going to say it again pre-season and even after week one i was not sold on tour and i said this guy is just i'm not convinced he's going to be doing anything i i was one of his biggest attractors and i said um that Tyree kill would miss patrick mahomes more than patrick mahomes misses Tyree kill um neither of them are missing the other yeah. Um, t- tidy Kill, got over, he's over 1,000 yards now in the season. He's on pace, I believe, for over 2,000 yards receiving. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to make it, but if anyone can, I think Tidy Kill can, and Tua is getting the ball to him. 21 of 30, 302 yards, three touchdowns, a rating of 135.7. Tidy Kill at 143 receiving yards. Uh, Jalen Waddell, because of... T- Tyreek, he had five catches, eighty-five, and a touchdown as well. It's just this passing attack, Dave. What do you
1: make of it? It's ridiculous. But I'm I'm going to make a point that I think you put Carson Wentz in at quarterback. There, he's going to be just as good as Tua. Oh, wow. I, I I I think that offensive line and those weapons that Tua has at his disposal are what is making him look really good. He has the highest passer rating in the league at 115.9, but on third down, Tua's passer rating is 147.0. On third down? On third down. On third down alone, he's thrown for 601 yards and eight touchdowns, and that's only in nine weeks this year. That, That's that is ridiculous. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But you've got, if, you, if you've got Tyreek Hill, you've got Jalen got it's Mike Gazicki as the tight end as well. Great you've tight got, end. Yeah, you, and you've got the running back that was traded to them from the 49ers, Wilson as well, has come in. He put in a great performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Raheem Mostert then comes in as well yep. as the other uh, running back. I mean, everyone, I I think everyone on that Dolphins team was amazing, except from Tua. I'm still not convinced on Tua. There was a few throws where either there should have been more done by the Bears' defense, or they were just underthrown or horrifically overthrown. I'm hoping for his sake that he'll kind of stamp that out because some of these are bad that need to be solved. But at the same time, when you've got Tyreek when you've got Jalen Warden, when you've got the offensive line that he does – He's got plenty of time to do it. He's got plenty of time in the pocket to do whatever he wants. But yeah, the Dolphins finally coming back. But after a few injuries, after their kind of fiasco at the quarterback, I think they're now on track.
0: Yeah, and uh, one thing that did surprise me, the, the Dolphins went for it three times and fourth down and failed. Mm-hmm. three times the Bears turned them way in fourth down they still managed to rack up 35 points unbelievable so then we move on to another uh, AFC East team of the New England Patriots and they welcomed the Indianapolis Colts to Gillette Stadium and um, well so Sam Ellinger the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts had a horrendous game a horrendous game Bill Belichick just was rubbing his hands with glee uh, when he knew he was going to be facing Sam Ellinger instead of Matt Ryan and just absolutely obliterated the young man. It was was almost sad to watch this boy getting tortured by uh, this team. Um, he went 15 to 29 for 103 yards and in one interception. He was sacked nine times for 60 yards. And with that interception, his net adjusted yards on 38 dropbacks was minus two yards. That is criminal. Absolutely criminal. And the Patriots come away with a 26-3 win. This was never close, Steve. Um did oh, do you know? Do you do you have sympathy for the poor boy?
1: Yeah, a, a lot, a, a lot of sympathy because he there was only maybe a couple of things that he did wrong, but it was just the most Bill Belichick performance against a young quarterback I've seen for a while. Um, this, the, he just he tore him apart. He, he, every time there was a pressure on him, they got to him. It, it, it just felt like that. Anyway, he's going down. He's going down. He's going down. The, I mean, he was all the Colts could not run the ball either. Um, Philip Lindsay only had one carry for two yards. Yeah. Now that's not good enough. You got uh, and uh, the the quarterback uh, five carries for thirty nine yards, and that's only because he managed to escape. They weren't they weren't really planned runs, but yeah, it was just he did what they needed to do. Um, Mac Jones twenty or thirty for one hundred forty seven yards, one touchdown. Not exactly lightning figures, but yeah, it was just. I, I, it was it was a game that you would expect to come from uh, Bill Belichick. Uh Nick Folk, I think, was it five field goals? Um, he mm. had no, no four, four field goals he kicked. Four field, four field goals. So yeah, four field goals and Stevenson for the touchdown pass as mm. well, um, and also the defensive turnover as well.
0: Uh, Matthew Judon now leads the league with eleven and a half sacks on the season. He had three uh. in this game, and it's just. And as a result, Frank Reich, the coach for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, was fired. Uh, this was, what, a week after firing the offensive coordinator, I think it was? That uh-huh. one, one week after that? And they bring in, as an interim head coach, a man who has never coached in the NFL, who was <laughs> never coached at the college level, and was, say, coaching high school Football and uh, an analyst for ESPN, I believe, Jeff Saturday. I love Jeff Saturday. I think Jeff Saturday, is he comes across as a terrific person. Um, Obviously, a great player for many, many years in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, But to say that I'm surprised by this pick is understating it so much. Mm -hmm. I just, I could not believe Jeff Saturday was, yeah, you didn't have a single person in the building that you could elevate as as interim. No one's expecting you. So let's say for argument's sake, you're the special teams coach and they're saying mm-hmm. like you're head coach now. No one's expecting you to win at the rest of the season and make the playoffs. No one expects that. Yeah. You just need someone to plug in while we look for a new head coach. So you, you're doing it now. But they went and got someone who has never coached at the college or professional levels. Never done it. As the manager. And then um, it turns out that Jeff Saturday is phoning around people um, making inquiries to who can call the offensive plays. Because nobody in that building has ever called a play in an NFL game. So, I don't know what's going on in Indianapolis. Um, Jim Mercy came away with a, a press conference that was frankly bizarre. Mm -hmm. He said that he was glad, he was happy that Jeff Saturday has no experience. And I was just, I was bemused watching this uh, press conference. I was just thinking, what are you talking about? And I think he'd said that, um, oh, we're the third most winningest franchise, uh, you know, since the year 2000 or whatever. You, You had Peyton Manning. And, and then the, the one year you didn't have him, you went 2-14, and, and then you got Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. So it's just enough. Calm down this. I, I, did you, I don't know, did you see the interview, Dave? What did you make of this? First of all, what do you make of the decision to have Jeff Saturday in? Um, and then, you know, just what do you make of the state of the Colts?
1: I mean, for a few years, Jeff Saturday was the best center in the league. So that, that, that was my opinion of him. But... He's not a head coach. I don't know what I don't. There's that old saying of, you know, uh, if you fire someone, who are you going to get to replace? That so the, it's quite often it's the devil you know rather than the devil you don't. In this case, no one has any idea what is going to happen in Indianapolis. Don't know what their seat their season is just looking dismal. Don't know what's going to happen in the off season. How long Jeff Saturday's going to be there because he's interim head coach. No one. Can, he doesn't know who's going to call the plays. They obviously they don't have a playbook right now because they're not. They've got. They don't. They don't have Frank Reich anymore. They don't have their offensive coordinator. Who? Whoever their offensive coordinator. They they're getting in now. Has only been there a week. They don't have a playbook. What What is going on? Because this. Yeah, they have. They have, they have nothing. Just wave the flag. Just at at this point, just wave the white flag because at at the rate they're going, if if they don't get something sorted out, they're going to be. Uh, 3 1 and 13 this year, and they're, they're well, just, going to be just, looking for I, a new quarterback.
0: I think that might be the biggest um, shock of the season is how bad they've been. So, I, I'm I'm looking at it from the point of view of pre season when we were looking at these teams mm-hmm. and we were picking division winners and you know, right across the league. I think so far, the biggest shocks have been the Seattle Seahawks, how well they've done. Yes, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Uh, The Green Bay Packers, how badly they've done. Mm. Um, The Denver Broncos, how badly they've done. Mm -hmm. And the Indianapolis Colts, how badly they've done. I honestly, I I had the Colts winning the division pre-season. Probably probably include the Rams in
1: that as well. Uh,
0: Do you know what? You could include the Rams in that as well. They've been awfully poor compared Mm -hmm. to what they were. And one of the reasons I had the Colts winning the division is because they got Matt Ryan in. I thought that's an upgrade over Carson Wentz. And... They've got the best offensive line in the NFL. How many times do we hear that? The best offensive yep. line in the NFL, and you've got your running back. James, um, um, whose name I've uh, forgotten, uh, Taylor, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. Thank you yeah. very much. Apologies, yeah. Jonathan, if you're listening. Um, of course he's listening. Of course he's listening. What else is he going to be yeah. doing? So exactly. I was, I was, I was convinced the Colts are going to win this division. They have been putrid. They've been. Awful! This offensive line might be the worst in the entire league. Matt Ryan just got killed for what seven weeks, and mm-hmm. then this young boy comes in and he gets killed nine sacks. Just absolutely appalling. um But speaking of uh, teams that have no coach, about a team that might as well have no coach, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders against the Jacksonville Jaguars at TIAA Bank Stadium. I'm never going to get used to seeing that. Is it TIAA? No. TIAA.
1: I don't I think know. It's TIAA,
0: yeah. TIAA Bank Stadium. Uh, 62,758 fans watched the Raiders build a 17 point lead over the Jaguars. And like they've done two times already this year, the Raiders gave it up. A th- third time, they've given up a 17 point lead. And they lost 27 to 20 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Dave, I don't know. I mean, we, we spoke about the Colts, right? The uh-huh. Raiders last year had John Gruden and all the fiasco that went along with that. They then brought in their interim head coach who turned that team around, turned that team, the entire franchise around. And then in uh-huh. the offseason, he's bumped and they bring in Josh McDaniels. And I said, I sat here and I said, Josh McDaniels is a charlatan. He's a fraud. Yes. He's not a head coach.
1: He's a good coordinator.
0: um, He's an average coordinator, in my opinion. Um, But he's definitely not a head coach. They bring him in, huge money, comes in and has just shown nothing. The Raiders have been appalling this year and and blowing three 17-point leads in one season is just despicable. And to a team, no offence to Jacksonville fans, no offence, but to give up a 17 lead to the Jaguars is unforgivable. It's absolutely inexcusable. Dave, what do you make of this? I don't want to just talk about the readers because, do you know what? The Jaguars played well. They did. And Trevor Lawrence was on point. 25-31, 235 yards and a touchdown. Didn't get sacked once. Didn't throw an interception. Reading over 100, Travis Etienne again had his game Dave I'll hand it over to you first of all let's talk about the game and then we can talk about the state of the franchises
1: well like you said 17-0 up Uh, so yeah they were uh, they were 17-0 up uh, after Devontae Adams got his second touchdown of the game but then just uh, just under five minutes before half Travis Etienne got in for the Jaguars first score and of course, the man that we all love of this show, Riley Patterson, coming in uh, with a field goal with the last kick of the of the first half, and they went into the half twenty points to ten down to the Raiders. Now, the Raiders—I don't know what happened. They just stopped being competent, just completely. Just it stopped. Nah, don't don't be competent anymore. We'll just we'll we'll, we'll, we'll just stop playing. We'll just stop stop scoring. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's about. I mean, uh, Chris Christian Kirk uh, getting get in in the third quarter. That was pretty much all that happened, really, uh, for the exciting part of the third quarter. Fourth quarter, just the Jaguars got the got the job done. Travis Etienne marching it downfield. They bet They managed to get 168 rushing yards uh, throughout the game, uh, compared to the Raiders 73. And like you said, Trevor Lawrence 235 passing yards to the Raiders 248. So that meant the Jaguars go over four hundred yards in the game, which was good for them. And yeah, they just—I don't know—I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. Apart, I think Josh McDaniels is one of the problems, if not no, me, I the main problem. problem. He's not, but he's not the only problem.
0: Probably, not. I think no, maybe not.
1: I think Carr can be a bit dodgy at times. I mean, when he links up with Devontae Adams, it looks like that they're they're kind of you know. It's uh, Jay Rice, Joe Montana. Steady on there. Ste- <laughs> steady <yeah>. on. Okay. <laughs> you, but you, you know what I mean. They, I they know look, what you mean. They yeah, they've, they've, they've got a connection, path. and it's a yeah. good connection. You but then all of a sudden, they, I think the play calling with the Raiders has been really dodgy. They're not giving the ball enough to Josh Jacobs, or, or when they are doing it, they're not giving him plays that really play to his strengths. So Josh Jacobs, he's a power running back that will truck over... Like defensive lineman, and that that's not a very light thing to do. So they just weren't doing it. And when by the time that he was coming up to the line, there it was like there was three, four Raiders offensive linemen in front of him. He can't go around the edge because the corners are coming in. So he's just got to pick up these little yards that are just they're, they're not going to do anything. They just cannot get the blocks done. So Josh Jacobs, he was seventeen carries for sixty-seven yards, which is about average for him. He uh, got three receptions for twenty yards as well. But if there, if it wasn't for Devontae Adams, the Raiders would be zero and eight. I, I, I truly, truly believe that. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, it, I mean, Adams was ten receptions for one hundred forty-six yards, two touchdowns. Between the all the other completed receptions, there was t- t- was it eleven others. I think it was eleven others that they that he had um, that uh, Carr had. So half of them going to Adams. He's just a one-man band at this point in the receiver position. Josh Jacobs not getting the sort of run block blocks that he needs. He's not getting the help from the offensive line. I think the offensive line is a problem. But they've got to get rid of McDaniel's now. They have to get rid of McDaniel's. He's just he's gonna annihilate him for the rest of the season. And if they're not gonna get rid of him now, it's the end of the season. Your whole season's gone. And do they even have a draft pick?
0: I've do you know what? I've got no idea. I don't to, think uh, they do do you know
1: what? Uh, I think me, the Packers have it. Let me
0: tell you what I know. I'll tell you what I know. Right. Mm. The the Raiders will continue to look absolutely garbage this year, except when they come to play the Denver Broncos. <laughs> the, yeah, because this is what the Raiders do. They look awful. Be
1: garbage versus
0: garbage. Absolutely. Hey, steady on. <laughs> <But> no, <laughs> this is what the Raiders do. They will. They will continue to be garbage. Then they will come to play the Broncos. They will put up forty points, and uh, Josh McDaniels career will be safe for another week. That's what's going to happen. they play the uh. box in a few weeks' time. So uh, then we move on to the Arizona Cardinals, the Seattle Seahawks at State Farm Stadium where 63,982 fans watch Geno Smith do Geno Smith things yet again. And Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know. I don't know how much longer Cliff Kingsbury can sort of coast on good looks and charm because whatever <laughs> he's doing is not working. Um and the Seahawks come away with a 31 21 win pushes the Cardinals down to three and six raises the Seattle Seahawks to six and three in sole possession of the NFC West apologies Dave uh-huh. but what can you say I mean Kenneth Walker the third seems to be doing the business on the ground for the Seahawks they've definitely found something there and the Cardinals never really even though at one point they were leading this game never looked like they were going to win it
1: what did you think of this yep. one, Dave? I'm, I mean, you're right. But one thing they're not doing is running the ball. And every time Kyler runs, it, it, maybe two three, uh, two, three at the most were intentional quarterback draws mm. that he ran. He, he had to run for eight times because the the protection broke down. Eight carries for 60 yards. That's fair enough. However, by by running backs and people running, 13 carries for 62 yards, right? And that was in the entire game. Kyler Murray threw 35 attempts. They are only throwing the ball. And if you don't have a steady run game, you're not going to win games. You come up against the Seahawks, Seahawks ran the ball, and they kept running the ball, and they kept running the ball. Kenneth Walker had a great game for them. 26 carries, 109 yards, uh, even got three receptions for 20 yards as well. Geno Smith it looked amazing. He's just that outside pick for player of the year. I think right now. I think, I think def-
0: definitely, um what do you call it? Comeback, he's, he's, comeback player of the year.
1: Yeah, comeback player of the year. 100%. Yeah. I, I, he's, he's been brilliant. You know, I, I laughed at the Seahawks for having Geno Smith in. I don't know where this Geno Smith has been because he he, he should have either been traded instead of cut, be, being uh, the backup to Russell Wilson for years for, for the sake of his own career. He should have tried something. But he's been sat behind Russell Wilson, maybe learned a little bit. Not quite looking at Russell Wilson, Wilson now. I'm not so sure what he learned. Uh, or maybe learn what, what not to do. But <laughs> Gino has just Gee, turned up. side
0: digs that you just keep having to It's not
1: at it's the ridiculous. Broncos. So the Constant, only thing about Constant. the Broncos is that their decision to trade everything for Russell Wilson, I which has not proved great. And I but said
0: that. I said that. You did.
1: You said did. Said it's they a hefty not, price. Should,
0: yeah, I said Shelby Harris and Noah Fant, Noah Fant had 96 receiving yards in this game. And I said that they should not have done it. And was mm-hmm. proved 100% right. I wish yeah, it wasn't.
1: Ty- yeah, but Tyler Lockett uh, turned up in that game as well. DK Metcalf got a good few targets uh, within that game as well. Uh, Shelby Harris got a sack, uh, which I did notice well. He got a couple tackles in there as well. I'm not rubbing it in, trust me. Yeah, totally um, rubbing
0: this in. Stop <laughs> it. I think, I think we should but, move on. I think we should move on.
1: Well, just quickly on the Cardinals, um, what DeAndre Hopkins did come back with a touchdown, four receptions for 36 yards. But I tell you what, Rondell Moore was the most targeted wide receiver. You got eight receptions for 69 yards. You've got DeAndre Hopkins there. You've got Zach Ertz, who got, did get five receptions for 40 yards. But I don't think DeAndre Hopkins was expecting to be not targeted so much. No. So there's a few things going on with the Cardinals there. I think they, they need to get the run game sorted. And Cliff Kingsbury needs to throw away his playbook, as far as I'm concerned, or just, just resign we'll get Josh McDaniels in in Arizona I'd be quite happy
0: with that I'm <laughs> sure you would <laughs> uh, so let, we will move on now and sorry Dave I know you didn't want to move on but we're going to have to do it we come to Raymond James Stadium uh, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, welcomed the Los Angeles Rams and, and uh, the story of this game uh, is can all be told in the last what two minutes two minutes yeah. of this game essentially where it's just I I have no idea, I mean none, how the Buccaneers watched, uh, won this game, and I watched this game, uh-huh. and I still have no idea how the Buccaneers won this game, because with one fifty-seven to go in the game, fourth down and six, on the Rams six-yard line, Tom Brady throws an incomplete pass. Should have been intercepted by Jalen Ramsey. But it was it was it was a difficult one. I'm not, I'm not going to hold that against him. But it doesn't matter because it was forced down. The Rams get the ball. So it's 152 on the clock. And they run three plays, burn timeouts, two timeouts by the Buccaneers. And then end up punting and somehow, some way the Buccaneers get the ball back. On their own 40-yard line with 44 seconds to go. 44 seconds to go. Mm-hmm. Trailing 13-9. to nine. And then, wouldn't you know, Tom Brady throws four short passes. <laughs> they march down the field. And then um, they get a pass interference in the end zone on Dedeon Kendrick and Mike Evans. And then Tom Brady throws a touchdown pass to Kay Dorton. 13 seconds to go for a touchdown uh they get the extra point and that's it game over and it was i I was watching this um the the Rams defense did a lot of great things in this game a lot of really really good things in this game the Rams offense was hopeless absolutely hopeless do you know what it reminded me of Five rem- planks of wood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it it reminded me, uh, and I'm sorry, Dave, because I'm going to bring this up. It reminded me of the Super Bowl. Do you know the Super Bowl I'm talking about? With the
1: Rams. Uh, I, I've got short, short medium and long-term memory loss right now.
0: Where the offense just did nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. And, and, and then, do you know what? At the end of the game, everyone's like, oh, Tom Brady does it again. No, he didn't. Nope. No, he didn't. What did he? He, he completed like three short passes and fin- finally managed to score. He Brady was awful in this game. Absolutely yep. rotten, missing wide open receivers again. Uh, and then for some reason the Rams start playing a different type of defense that final drive, and allowing the short stuff. And the thing is, right? I've said this before. I hate when defences change their defensive scheme in the last minute or two minutes and go into a prevent defence. Why do you do it? Stop. It's never worked, ever. It's never, ever worked, the prevent defence. So I don't know why teams still do it. And you're up against Tom Brady. He can't even throw the ball 50 yards. All he Uh knows is short yards, passing. That's all he does. So when you're backing off and your safeties are 30 yards in the defensive backfield, Tom, this is this is you know this is Christmas for Tom Brady. He's like, oh, thanks very much. Now it just makes what I usually do that much easier, and then we can just go down and that that's how they got it. And I was just, I was pulling my hair and I don't know how you reacted to this Dave I was absolutely livid watching this game going I can't believe another team another one is giving Tom Brady a chance to win a game again and then they were like oh Brady's this and he's great and he's that no the Rams should have won this game didn't win this game this is on them it's nothing to do with Tom Brady it was terrible play calling by the Rams offense terrible play calling by the Rams defense in that last uh, the last 44 seconds of the game I, I was just gobsmacked Dave it's all yours mate
1: the, there seems to be a continuous sigh every time I come on our podcast now every time the Rams game comes up I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'll start with the the final drive found now, now what happened what well, I could see now what I was hoping would happen was the complete opposite of what actually happened so uh, our our defense are nine over ninety percent of the time we play as soft zone coverage, right? So that involves the two cornerbacks on each on each wing uh, backing off to nearly ten yards, okay? Depending on what the situation is. Now we did this every single time in that last drive, every single time. What the idea is, or what I think it is, from what I've seen, is that the two linebackers will cover if there's any inside slant or if there's any tight ends you know, uh, going out into the middle of the field for coverage. Now, that last drive, what they, what they managed to do was they were putting uh, either a slot-wide receiver or a tight end in to make sure the linebacker didn't go near uh, the receivers that were coming inside on these slants that Tom Brady just loves. He, he loves a quick slant. We've seen it for the past 20 years. You know, he's just been doing it time and time again. So, they keep backing up the cornerback. They make sure that it's almost man-to-man, even though it's zone. It's, almost, it's virtually man-to-man. The receivers are getting in between the zones because they are not changing the defense. What the, what the Buccaneers did was that they did alter their offense for just the short throws, and they were getting in between the zone coverages and just pinning the rounds back and back and back. But this loss is not on the defense. This loss is squarely on the offense, like you said. Look at, look, just, just the stats alone tell a big story. Matt Stafford, 13 completions for 27 yards, 165 yards, one touchdown. He, he didn't throw an interception. There were two that probably should have been picked. He was sacked four times. Now, we've got our main left guard missing, David Edwards. Now, he's not, I don't think he's a top left guard by any stretch of the imagination. But Bobby Evans coming in, No idea what he's doing. No idea. I have no idea what he's doing. He's no idea what he's doing. He's just letting people through. Stafford has about two seconds to get the ball away. And obviously, if it's a a medium or or deep throw, there's zero chance, and he's got to go down. It was awful by the offensive line. They were improved more on the right-hand side, except from one play when the cornerback rushed. But apart from that, Stafford just can't get it to his men. Cooper Cup, 8 receptions. Eight, 8 of 13 of Stafford's receptions was to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup did what Cooper Cup does. He's one of the best receivers in the league. If, if not, he's right up at the top. Uh, Robinson, 3 receptions of 24 yards. A couple more extra targets, which was fine. No, nope. Van Jefferson should not have been in this game. I was excited for him coming back. Should not have been in this game. The defense... It's very hard to be Aaron Donald when you're double and triple covered every single game, but he still managed to sack Bobby Wagner with eight tackles. Jalen Ramsey with six tackles. He was he was playing out of position really half the time because when Ramsey wasn't on the corner like he should be, he was playing in the slot quite a lot uh, to try you know kind of anticipate any slants from the wide or any kind of short throws. It just wasn't working. And uh, Darren Kendrick, he's a rookie picked him in the sixth round he's just he's been awful awful since he started with us he has he's been thrown in at deep end but he has been awful and i'm not holding him back we've got troy hill back but he's been playing more in the slot uh about or just covering where ramsey is we're in trouble man
0: we're how really in you, trouble
1: what do you, what do you reckon how do you fix this what, what needs fixed we need we need an offensive lineman. The trade deadline's gone. We did not trade for any offensive linemen. We tried to trade for Bobby. It was Bobby Burns. Uh, yeah, the the Panthers' defensive end. We mm-hmm. tried. We we went. We like our whatever first round pick in twenty fifty or whatever uh, for him with like a second round pick. Uh, and along with Cam Acres, about the Panthers are really loving life that they didn't pick up Cam Acres because he got five carries for three yards. Uh, which was just ridiculous. He just wasn't moving very well. Um, I, I we, we did try for Christian McCaffrey before he we went to the 49ers. That was a kick right in the gut. Um, and Apparently, we were trying to trade for Brandon Cooks as well. Now, a wide receiver is not going to fix this. A defensive end is not going to fix this. We have Leonard Floyd, who we paid big bucks. We've got Aaron Donald, who we have paid mega bucks. Obviously, that that goes without saying. We've got some pretty competent out like outside rushers as well. We've got Greg Gaines inside. That's fine. We've got a decent defensive line who is getting to the quarterback uh, fairly often. Um, we 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 only got to Brady once, but there's a lot of hurries, and he just throws it away so quickly. He does not want to hit the dirt whatsoever. As Brady, so he just losses on down, um, but yeah, we needed an offensive lineman. We didn't get one. Our season's done. Even though the Seahawks are, you know, quite possibly liable to slip up mega style at some point, but I the Rams just don't have it. They just do not have it. They're currently uh, what three and five, one of the worst records in the league. Um, we're level with the Saints we've well, we, we played one game less than these teams but we may as well be below them, we're, we're the worst team in the division as far as I can see, the Cardinals had an even worse game than normal against us it's not McVeigh. I don't think it's McVeigh. I think the offensive line but at the same time McVeigh needs to adjust a little bit more we need to get a better run game a bit of a different run scheme and we need to try some new things because whatever is happening now is not working so McVeigh needs to stay, but we need offensive alignment and we need just, just protect Stafford. Honestly, just protect Stafford. It's just ridiculous. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I've, I've, I've had enough. I've had enough.
0: No, I'm quite right. You're, you're allowed to rant. Uh, there was no Broncos game this week. you on a bias, so you don't need to listen to me carrying on. <laughs>
1: Um, so I've, then, taken over,
0: I've taken over. Uh, taken over this week. Uh, don't worry, I'll be back next week. I'm sure in full force. <laughs> um, so then we come to the Sunday night game, and it was a Kansas City Chiefs at G E H A field at Arrowhead Stadium. It, it just call it Arrowhead. That's what it is. It's Arrowhead Stadium, um, and they were welcomed to Tennessee Titans seventy three thousand four hundred seventy five fans packed into Arrowhead and to watch the Titans absolutely sell out to stop Mahomes from beating them through the air. So all he did was throw 446 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) uh, And he rushed six times for 63 yards, including one amazing run and throw down. He also rushed for a touchdown as well. Malik Willis did nothing absolutely nothing throwing the ball for the Titans. The sooner they can get him out of there, the better. Uh, Derek Henry did as usual. 17 attempts, 115 yards, two touchdowns, and it wasn't enough as the Chiefs came away with a 20-17 win in overtime. Um, it was, all, you know, by all measures, Dave, it was a good game, but good grief, Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I run, again, every week, I run out of superlatives for this man. He's just on a different level to everyone else.
1: He is, um, and it was really a case of, you know, um, sugar and salt, sweetness and bitterness in this game, because Patrick Mahomes, while he did get, he got 43 of 68 for 446 yards, one touch and one interception. Malik Willis, 5 of 16 for 80 yards, and in the second half, he threw for minus 8 yards, no, sorry, oh, yeah, sorry, he threw for minus 8 yards, but then... The game went to overtime. Malik Willis threw for minus 17 yards. Yeah. Just so bad. It was just, it was it, he he looked good that first drive. He got a fantastic throw, a fantastic completion on the first play of their drive. But they just couldn't finish it off. Derrick Henry did Derrick Henry did what Derrick Henry does. You know, he he ran the ball quite well. Uh he got 172 rushing yards in total to the Titans. It was just bad for Malik Willis. I feel really bad for him. It's, it's, no no one wants to come up against the Chiefs. Derek Henry, 17 carries for 115 yards, two touchdowns. Malik Willis, he did look all right on the ground when he did run eight carries for 40 yards, but he just the, the he just can't make reads of the defense. I, I, I think that could be the problem here. Um, he needs a lot more coaching uh, on reading NFL defenses because obviously it can be a bit more obvious in the college Uh, Game, but this was bad for Malik Willis. Uh, That second half was just awful. I mean, that was worse than Demarcus Russell. Awful. That's how bad this was. It was pretty bad. Yeah, but you know, it's just, but Mahomes, six carries for 63 yards. He can run the ball, can Patrick Mahomes like we forget? It's just, just how quick he is on his feet. But you know, 68 attempts at throwing the ball just unreal and then the 6 carries that he had were just busted coverages Pacheco got 5 attempts for 5 yards Edwards Lair 4 attempts for 5 yards J- uh, was it um, yeah Jack McKinnon got 3 attempts 4 yards and the fullback had 1 carry as well for 0 yards Kelsey got another 100 yard game uh, Juju 10 carries 88 yards McCole Hardman 6 receptions 79 yards Kelsey obviously got 106 yards. Um, wow. It's, it was just, wow. It was a quarterback <laughs> masterclass was, from them. It and was. It,
0: the, the, the thing was, as I say, when you watch the when you watch it, the Titans were all about stopping the pass. Mm-hmm. And the one thing the Chiefs couldn't do was run the
1: ball. And the one thing the Titans couldn't do was stop the pass.
0: I, yeah. It's just Mahomes was just doing anything he wanted. It was just... Mm-hmm. You're just sitting, going, "How does this keep happening?" Um, It was uh, again. I, I don't know. Mahomes is. I, I was, I was. Mahomes, talking... Mahomes would be the first guy to ever uh, retire after forty years and walk into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. They, they would, think... They should weave the five-year <laughs> waiting thing for him when he finally hangs it up. I've never seen anything like Patrick Mahomes.
1: Well, I was, I was talking to someone uh, just before that game on Monday. I can't. I don't think it was yourself. so I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. But I was saying that I think Patrick Mahomes is going gonna to run that game completely, but he's going to throw a pick. I, and I, I was right. I'm glad I was right. But at the same time, see, there was one play where he just, how he didn't go down, how he wasn't caught, was like something you would see Lamar Jackson doing. And then he completed the pass for about 20, 25 yards. He's just different. If you, you, people talk about Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. To me, he is MVP. No matter what happens this season, he is the MVP this season. Oh yeah, it would take an an almighty
0: fall off for him not to win MVP after this. He was sacked four times as well. He was. And when you consider the amount of times he got away from them, you wondered how good the offensive line actually is. But um, mm. they keep finding ways to win. So then we exactly. come to the Monday night football game and it was the Baltimore Ravens visiting the New Orleans Saints at the Caesar Superdome and 70,010 fans watched their team just get absolutely crushed. The final score of yeah. 27-13 really flatters the Saints in this one. Um, the Ravens were in control from the word go and ju- it was just... It, it was difficult to watch if you're a Saints fan. Andy Dalton just doesn't look like he's... It's weird because a couple of weeks ago, Andy Dalton looked great. Yeah. And then in this game, he looked Really
1: average, really sub-pad. average, yeah, yeah, really
0: below average. Uh, Lamar Jackson didn't really need to do anything, so he didn't bother. Uh, he did 12 or 22 for 133 yards on a touchdown, but once again, it's all about the running and uh, the, the difference in the running yardage. Baltimore 40 attempts for 188 yards and two scores, New Orleans 15 attempts at 48. Yards. How many times have we seen this? with the running game almost mm-hmm. tells the story about it. And uh, what did you think of this one?
1: I mean, it it was. If you're a Saints fan and watching this, it was just awful. Um, the, 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 that first half, they they were lucky to go in only fourteen three down at halftime. That's how bad the Saints were in the first half. Um, I've I've I feared it could have been like a kind of thirty nine to kind of ten score. Uh, by the end of the game so I think 27-13 almost flattered what was really a flat Saints team Dalton, I don't think Dalton should pick up a lot of the blame for this he was 19-29 for 210 yards, one touchdown one pick, he made a couple bad decisions but at the same time they could not run the ball whatsoever Alcom- Alvin Kamara, 9 carries for 30 yards uh, he got a few good receptions I a good few Dukes as well they didn't run with Taysom Hill why didn't they run with Taysom Hill why, why, why would you not? He's there. He was targeted once or twice uh, to throw to. He ran once for six yards and he, tried, he threw it once for 13 yards instead of rushing it. But apart from that, they didn't run the ball with Taysom Hill. Why not? Taysom Hill has been great this season. It's his first season that he's been decent and he touches the ball twice. That, how, why? Why would you do that? It's, just, it's ridiculous. The standout stat for me in the game, though, Third down efficiency, Ravens 9 of 15. That's pretty decent. Saints, 3 of 11. Now, Dalton was sacked four times. uh, Out of the 60 minutes on the clock, the Ravens had possession for just under 38 minutes of it. When the Saints got the ball, they couldn't keep the ball. They couldn't get drives going. Chris Olave looks the real deal. He was the only shining mark for the Saints in this. Uh, they did manage to get to Lamar a couple times, uh, um, three times off the top of my head, I think it was, uh, they, they got him behind the line, classed sacks, but Lamar just ran the show, he didn't need to do much and the Saints just weren't up to the challenge, so poor one for the Saints fans, but... Ravens now six and three, they're finally starting to come on and they're seeing out games. So even though they gave up a touchdown in the fourth quarter, they managed to outscore their opponents in the fourth in the fourth quarter for what the first or second time this year?
0: Mm. Yes, indeed. So the, the Ravens are actually looking to be sort of getting more consistent in that fourth quarter. They come away as I say with a 27-13 win, and as you mentioned, they're six and three now. The New Orleans Saints fall to three and six. And that wraps up our week nine recap. Um, if you do stick with us we're going to be with you in just a moment we're going to have the week 10 rapid fire preview and then we're going to finish off with random stats we'll catch you after this Welcome back to the WinFL Show. I'm Ian McKinnon. I'm here with Dave Somerville. And we're now going to do a rapid fire week 10 preview. And we kick off with Thursday Night Football. Where the Atlanta Falcons are taking on the Carolina Panthers. Dave, I've got the Falcons rolling again with Cordell Patterson. But this time they managed to get the job done. And I've got them winning this one by a score of 27 to 20.
1: Oh, we're so close. I've got the Falcons win it. But I've got 27 to the Falcons. 26 to the Panthers. So I think it's going to be a really tight game. I think the Panthers are going to get it together, especially in the run game. But Falcons to sneak it. And then on the Sunday games, the Sunday uh, afternoon, well, Sunday morning for me
0: and you, Dave, for me. Um, half hey. past, what, half past? No, hang on. What time will this be? No, it's Half, pa- sorry, half past half two half, in the UK. Uh, sorry. Afternoon for us. Morning for the folks across the pond there. The Seattle Seahawks are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Munich. Uh, I love Munich. Munich's an amazing city. And Mm. uh, this is going to be just great for the people of Germany. Um, Seahawks, Bucks. I've got the Seahawks. I've got Gino out battling Mr. Brady himself. I think that Tom Brady's luck doesn't carry across the pond. And uh, I've got the Seahawks winning this one by a score of 20 to 13
1: we 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 should compare notes before because I have the Bucks going 13 and I have the Seahawks going 24 oh, so I think it. yeah, very close but I, I I agree with you I think the Seahawks are going to win because Tampa are just not doing it right now even though they came back against the Rams I've got a bit more optimism for the Bucks that they will pull out something against the Seahawks but I, I think the Seahawks are, are just their form is too good at the moment so Seahawks to win
0: Yes, I'm not sure how you come with your uh, score predictions. I, I'm very scientific in mind in that I look at the two teams <laughs> and then I think, how much are they going to score? And then I come up with <laughs> like, that's basically what works. So then we okay. have, <laughs> back in the States, the Cleveland Browns at the Miami Dolphins. Can't see the Browns winning this one. Um, I've got the Dolphins taking this one and another fairly high scoring affair because I think the Browns' running game will still do some damage. I've got the Dolphins winning this one, 31-28
1: I've got 25 points to 17 for the Dolphins. So I, I think there's going to be a few kind of weird plays and a weird, a few weird things happen. Um, I, I remember just quickly with the uh, the um, Dolphins against the Bears, uh, Sanders missing a field goal, which was a really, it was a short field goal, but some of them were sneaking through as well. So I'm thinking there might be a, a, a couple of field goals made, but maybe a field goal or two missed, but Dolphins to scrape it by one convert, one two-point converted score
0: and we then come to the denver broncos at the tennessee titans and guess what dave the broncos will not be able to stop derrick henry but it won't matter because i'll absolutely crush malik Wallace. and i've got the denver broncos actually beating the titans i'm going wow. taking my broncos and i'm taking them to score more than 20 points while they do it for the second week running that's never happened this year uh, i've got the broncos winning this one by a score of 24 17.
1: I've got this game going to overtime. Mm. Now, I've I've got 13 points apiece going to overtime. So mm. definitely not a high-scoring game, but I think the Titans will get it on a field goal. I think Derek Henry will just run the ball down the field and that will be it uh, with the first touchdown. Well, it uh, we might even get a field goal. Uh, I think they will get a field goal, but uh, they might even get a touchdown. So I think the Broncos just come up short, and I wow. think they'll show improvement, though.
0: Wow. I bet you Josie jewell has got something to say about Derek Henry. <laughs> anyway, uh, we then the the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. Sorry, Lions fans. Apologies, you and McPhail, but I don't see you winning two in a row. I think the Bears are going to run the ball again, and I think they're going to run it. Uh, again, for over 200 yards, I've got the Chicago Bears winning this one. Fairly low scoring affair. I've got a 19 17 to the Bears.
1: I mean, if there's two teams that just go for it, gun hole, these are the two teams that are going to do it. But I think the Bears are going to pick up the win here, and I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think it's going to be 38 points to 29 to the Bears, and I think Justin Fields is going to have another great game.
0: We then come to the Houston Texans at the New York Giants. Now, the Giants are coming off a bye week, but I think the Texans are going to be taking a little bit of uh, a little bit of confidence from their performance, if not the result, against Philadelphia. And I think they edge it in overtime, 16-13 over the
1: Giants. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a one-score game, but I think I'm, go, I'm going to go for the Giants in normal time, 24-17. Then have the Jacksonville Jaguars at
0: the Kansas City Chiefs, and I just can't see the Jaguars winning in Arrowhead. I've got Mahomes doing his thing yet again, and that's going to be a fairly high-scoring affair. I've got the Chiefs winning this one by 38-20.
1: Well, I've got it as 35-20. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. So I think uh, the Chiefs are just going to, it's going to be five touchdowns for Kansas easily. yeah And the Jags just not able to respond. Uh,
0: Yeah, I can't
1: really argue with that.
0: Uh, We then have one of the juicier matchups, the Minnesota Vikings at the Buffalo Bills. Be interesting to see how the Bills respond to that loss against the Jets. Uh, The Vikings obviously coming off a win against the Commanders, but I do have Buffalo taking this one at home. I've got a close game, 24-23 to Buffalo.
1: This is one of my overtime games. So I think it's going to be 20 points a piece going to overtime. And I think that, Josh Allen is going to get picked off again by a competent Vikings defense and they are going to run the ball down and they are going to get a field goal in overtime to beat the Bills. I think the Vikings are going to snatch it.
0: We then have the New Orleans Saints at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers also coming off a bye week here and I think... The Saints go in and sneak a victory. Don't ask me why. As I say, it's very scientific the way I do this, but I've got the Saints winning a low-scoring affair 14-10. to
1: I think it all... It depends if Kenny Pickett's going to be at quarterback, which I presume he is. So if Pickett's at quarterback, the Saints are going to win by 16 points to 10. If Magic MVP Mitch is going to be in at quarterback the Steelers will win it by 20 points.
0: You finally come round to the MVP.
1: No, I think Pickett is just awful. And Mitch is just the diet version of (laughs) Kenny Pickett.
0: We then have the, uh, into the later games, you have the Indianapolis Colts at the Las Vegas Raiders. If ever there was a time for the Raiders to be facing the Colts, it's (laughs) right now. Yeah. Surely, to goodness... The Raiders can win this game. I've got it going into overtime, but I've got the Raiders coming away with that 20-17 to 17 victory.
1: Oh, I think the Raiders are just going to lay the smack down on the Colts. I think it's going to be 34 points to 16. I think Adams is going to have game of the year this and just going to rack up nearly 200 yards. We then have the
0: Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Dave, I've got faith in your boys to do it. Uh, the, I've seen nothing from the Cardinals to make me think that they can win this game. And I think your Rams are going to come back. They're going to turn a corner. And I've actually got this fairly convincing for the Rams. I've got a 27 to 13.
1: Beat them in week three by 20 points to 12. Um, I, I think it's going to be a low scoring game because I think the Rams, when they come up against uh, Kyler do pretty well most of the time so I, I think it's going to be 20 points to 13 for the Rams uh, very close to what it was before but as long as they keep Kyler in the pocket I think they're, they're going to be okay so surely they get something done and just I mean Bobby Evans has to stop just let, you know trying to be a gentleman to the <laughs> opposition's defensive lines just letting them pass through so we, we need some help from that offensive line but yeah Rams to hopefully get back onto winning ways
0: we then have the Dallas Cowboys at the Green Bay Packers. And guess what, Dave? I've got the Packers losing six in a row. I've got the Cowboys coming in and absolutely putting it to them. I've got them winning this one 35 to 21.
1: I, I think the Cowboys are going to win it, but I think it's going to be a really low scoring game because I don't have that. I'm not the biggest Dak Prescott fan. Uh, I, I, I've got the game by 17 points to 13 uh, for the Cowboys. I think Aaron Rodgers is. Just he's gonna have a mediocre game. I think if they manage to get the win, then it's gotta be through Rodgers. But I'm just he's not showing anything to say that yes, he is the player that we know he can be. So I think the Cowboys are gonna get it.
0: We then have the Los Angeles Chargers at the San Francisco 49ers. And I've got the Chargers coming away with a win here, Dave. This is the one that we picked as an upset yeah. of the weekend. have got the Chargers beating the San Francisco 49ers. I've got it as a very low-scoring affair. I've got a 13-10 to 10 after
1: overtime to the Chargers. <laughs> I think we picked twenty four seventeen. I think you did pick twenty four seventeen. Yeah, I, I, I think it's more in hope than anything else. Um, just lo- looking at some of the details of the game, though, the Chargers are getting a seven point head start on the betting line, so that that's pretty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that that's pretty kind to the Chargers, or, or even not being kind to the Chargers, I should say, because I think they are going to be a lot better. I think Austin Eckler will have to be. Uh, significantly better they've got a lot of injuries to the Chargers so that's the only thing that's going to really go against them but probably let, let's say probably the 49ers probably going to win it but Chargers 24-17 yeah we're, we're,
0: uh, I should point out that we are picking the Chargers to win this because uh, we do our upset of the week each week for the Stramash podcast and um, this was it because it's so unlikely so we have to stick with it we have to stick with it uh, the Chargers, uh, but that's assuming they can stop uh, CMC and Debo, of course. He's back mm-hmm. in the game. And then finally on Monday night, we have the Washington Commanders at the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly going 9 I know. I say no. I say Heineke gets it done and Washington comes away with a win, a sneaky win, right at the last kick of the ball for a 23-20 win over the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia.
1: Well... I nearly went the same way but this is my third game I've got going to overtime so I think the Eagles are going to get it done and they're still going to be undefeated but barely. This was the other game that I considered for our upset of the week for the commanders to do it but the Eagles at home I'm just taking them. I think it's going to be 23 points to 20 after overtime. Jalen Hurts I think he, I saw a couple of things against the Texans that did not convince me that he's ev- all that everyone's making him out to be. So Taylor Heineke is the real deal. I love Taylor Heineke. I think he's brilliant. I thought he was better than Carson Wentz. I think I said it during preseason that Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, I w- I'd be putting Heineke out there. And to this day, I think I'm so... I've been proven right this season, I think. Um, but yeah, so the Eagles, yeah, pretty much to... Uh, to just sneak it and remain unbeaten somehow and go to nine and zero, and that wraps up a rapid fire
0: week 10 preview thank you very much for that dave i appreciate In that words. it's always good so um before we finish off we do have time for one last segment and it is of course random stats now uh, dave would you like to go first with random stats this week
1: You know what, I will. I've got a nice short one for us this week, though. Oh, excellent. And it's a a little bit... It's a question for yourself to see if you can find out or you can think of uh, these players who have broken... There's only three of them, and they've all had this following stat. So they've got the most games with 100-plus receiving yards in a player's first season, okay? So first three seasons, games with 100-plus receiving yards in their first three seasons, Okay. Right. Now, there are three, and they all have 19 games with 100-plus receiving yards in their first three seasons. Do you know any of them? And two of them are still playing. I'm going to guess Justin Jefferson right off the bat. Justin Jefferson is, yes.
0: I'm then going to guess Jamar Chase right off the bat. Uh-uh. <sighs> oh, no, because he's only in the second year.
1: He is. Damn it all.
0: Right. Okay. And he's
1: not. He's obviously not reached nineteen either. Oh yeah. Okay. Right.
0: Okay. Hang on there. Hang on. Um, hmm. Mike Evans.
1: No. I, I think Mike. Mike Evans wasn't far, but I. I. I think he's. He got an injury at some point.
0: Um. Let me then go with my final guess, and I will say.
1: Think all, Think one of the all-time greats. One of the all-time oh, greats was still playing. Not still playing.
0: Oh, not so, oh. Sorry, one. Of the, oh, the
1: ah. One is not still playing. Oh, sorry, sorry, one sorry, is sorry. Still You playing. did say
0: that. You said one is not yeah. still playing. Um, I'm gonna go with. John, I'm taking Randy Moss.
1: Spot on. Yeah. What I guess. Well done. Yeah. Now you missed You did miss out one that is still playing. Sort oh. of. Who, who's still playing. After? Who's that then? How about a free agent? In the, the former oh, Ram, OBG. the former giant, Odell Beckham Jr. Wow. So only three players in this exclusive club basically came flying out of college. And they've got 19, 19 games in the first three seasons with 100-plus receiving yards. Justin Jefferson, Randy Moss, and Odell Beckham Jr., and yes, he deserves the big bucks. Rams, get it done. I don't care how you get it done. Just get it done. Do you think they will? Just no. <laughs> <laughs> where, where do you think
0: he's going? Because there's talk about him going to the Cowboys.
1: I don't There's like a lot that. of talk. I, neither do I. I don't think he will. I think unless the Cowboys throw a massive bag of money at him, well, I think would. he's going... He's going back to the Giants. I think he, he will go to the Giants. Oh. Packers are, are the other team Packers are the other team in for them apparently, along with the Cowboys and along with the Giants. But I think the Giants I think he's going back to the Giants.
0: Well, I think Daniel Jones would be very happy with that, wouldn't he?
1: I don't, yeah, but the, I think one of the rumours as well, though, was that OBJ didn't, well, wanted assurances that Daniel Jones was not going to be there after this season. That was in the rumour. Good grief. Yeah. That's a bit rubbish, isn't it? But it's a bit of a hefty demand, more than anything else, for a wide receiver to make. So, yeah, I'm, um, I, I think that is harsh, but I still think he's going to end up at the Giants.
0: It sounds a bit petty, and though, that, doesn't it? It's like, um, it, I'll, I'm only going to play with you if, if he's not playing.
1: Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers nearly did it with Devontae Adams. So, you know, I know, just, but
0: we know what Aaron
1: Rodgers is like these days. Yeah, just, yeah. he's just weird.
0: Anyway, uh, good good stat, Dave. I liked that.
1: Thank you. Oh,
0: I do. I do like that. Um, right. So, my, um, I was I was going to do my random stat about the Chicago Bears. And I'll tell you the reason why. You did why. tell me that. I'd, yeah, yeah I sort of hinted to you I was going to be about the Bears. The reason is that the Bears have rushed for over 200 yards in four consecutive games this season. Um, and as a result of that, they're actually on pace to break the all-time record, which was set by the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, in twenty. You want to say twenty nineteen, when they went fourteen and two, they hold yeah. the NFL record for the most yards in a season. Uh, but while I was while I was researching this, um, another stat caught my eye, and I sort of i, I went no, I won't do that. I'll do the or something. But then this one came back to me again, so I am going to give you this stat. So in the history of the NFL. It's uh, still to do with rushing. That's, that's why I came across it. Um, the most consecutive games by a team with one or more rushing touchdown is 24. This was by the San Diego Chargers um, from December 21st, 2003 to October 16, 2005. Now, if memory serves, that'll be Ladini and Tomlinson era.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, San Diego Chargers. Now... The thing that was quite funny about this is that as I was looking at this and I was I was thinking back to Ladini and Tomlinson. Now if anyone doesn't like remember Ladini and Tomlinson playing, he was um what's the best way to what's the best way to describe Ladini and Tomlinson?
1: One of the best ever. <laughs> I bet if you want if you want his physical, he not only had a severe juke on him. But he had power, he had speed, he just had. He was such a good all round running back. You know, you've got like receiving backs that can do a little jukes, and you've got the power backs. He had it all, as far as I can remember. He, he did, he did
0: have it all. And, uh, you know, Hall of Fame at Ladinian Tomlinson, just, mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness, the man was. Yeah, I think he's does he still hold a record for the most touchdowns in a season? I think he does. I think incredible, so, I think, yeah. incredible player Lydanian Tomlinson, just ridiculous. In 2006, he rushed for 28 touchdowns and had three receiving touchdowns 31 touchdowns he scored in 2006 just by himself. That's more than a lot of teams were getting. Um, so but sorry to get back to our stats. So 2003 December 21st, 2003 to October 16th, 2005, the San Diego Chargers had 24 consecutive games with one or more rushing touchdowns. Okay, because mm. of, because primarily of Ladainian Tomlinson. Now, Ladainian Tomlinson retired in 2011. Um, he actually um, that, that was he left the, the Chargers in 2009 and then 10, and 11 with the, the Jets and then he retired. And then the record for the most consecutive games with no rushing touchdowns is 13 by the San Diego Chargers from October 15, 2012 to September 15, 2013. So with LaDainian Tomlinson, they break the record... For the longest streak of games with one or more rushing touchdowns with 24. And when he leaves, they then have the record for the most consecutive games with no rushing touchdowns with 13. And it's spanned across two seasons. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh that's the San Diego Chargers for you. E- everywhere you look, there's a stat somewhere about the San Diego Chargers. Obviously, now they're Los Angeles Chargers. Um that just defies explanation and you just think how could that possibly happen to one franchise um and that is my random stat
1: i i do like that but i you know it's it's i think actually it doesn't show how bad the chargers are you know how up and down like they're they're kind of like what the Lions are today, 20 years ago, that like you you just, nothing surprises you anymore, but I think it just goes to show, just what a player, LaDainian Tomlinson was, not only could he run it, not only could he power it through, not only could he duke his way through, but he was a great receiving back as well, and I think that's, so for a lot of these running backs, that's some of the most underrated, um, kind of skill sets, that you can be, is a receiving back as so well, LaDainian Tomlinson was the best in his day, at, at doing all of it, He was just the best. I think Adrian Peterson was right, obviously, right up there around that time as well. Um, But yeah, the LaDainian Tomlinson, it just goes to show just how great he was. And yeah, rightfully so, a Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was a, uh, you know, five-time Pro Bowl, Hall of Fame. You know, his 2006 MVP. He just, he he did it all. He made the all-2000s team. And just, 2006, Walter Payton, man of the year as well, you know. Ladainian Tomlinson, yeah. a great guy and just a, a, an incredible player, um, and he was one of those guys because he played for the Chargers. Obviously, they were a division rival of the Broncos. I, I hated him when he was playing because he was so good, um, but just he was one of those players that you just couldn't take your eyes off him. He was just mm-hmm. unbelievable, sensational player. Ladinian Tomlinson, one, one of the one of the best to ever do it, and uh, quite rightly he's in the Hall of Fame. Was there any players uh, like that that uh, you had in you you know, obviously being a Rams fan, NFC West players that you were like, despite the fact that you hated them, that you were just sort of in awe of when they were playing, maybe not at the Rams, or playing other teams?
1: Um, I, mean, I mean, for me, you, well, looking at the last 10, 15 years, Larry Fitzgerald. He he just never dropped the ball. Yeah. So every time it was going to him, I, it's just oh god, that's another completion. I, I didn't even need to look up. I just I head down. Yeah, he's got the ball. I know he's got the ball. But Larry Fitzgerald was probably the best wide receiver that I've seen for a long time. But uh, it's more just his competency. Um, I I think we've spoken this a, a couple times today about being competent. Ly Fitzgerald just epitomizes that word because he was brilliant Uh, and you know he he got even better with age he moved over into the slot and he just didn't drop anything so yeah life at shell was the one i hate coming up against nowadays you're looking at more christian mccaffrey and debo but just (laughs) they're they're in they're in my head rent free at the moment yeah but um yeah, I'm. I'm just saying, Just before we go, though, I am just seeing on my phone that there's breaking news that Matt Stafford is in the concussion protocol now. Oh, so we may have to go back and revisit those those predictions because uh, it will end up being John Walford who's. No, he's not
0: a terrible you know, quarterback. I, I was. I was just about to say to you, I've got no idea who the Rams' backup is. John Walford. Yeah,
1: John Walford, and we also have Bryce uh, Bryce Perkins. I think his name is, on the practice squad. So they're, they're both quite quick quarterbacks. So They're more scramblers than uh, staying in the pocket. So we'll have to wait and see what that is. But if uh, Stafford's in concussion protocol, very good chance he misses the next game. Oh dear. Well
0: well that's you know, best wishes to Matt Stafford and hope he's okay I
1: mean I'm, su- I'm surprised it took this long for him to get a concussion, if I'm being completely honest. He's be- ju-
0: yeah, he's been beaten up quite a bit, unfortunately.
1: He's, he's, he's last season's Joe Burrows, pretty much. He's just just he's seen a lot more of the stadium roofs than actually the stadium sides. So yeah, it's uh I it's just another thing for the Rams go So there you
0: are, that brings us to the end of our show. Uh thank you very much, Dave. It's always a pleasure to have you on.
1: It's always a pleasure. Glad we ended on the Rams, though. It's my fault I brought it up. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, you always manage to bring it back to the Rams, and quite right. Yeah. So you should. Um, Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. You can catch us uh, on Twitter at The WinFL Show. You can also catch myself, Dave, of course, on Twitter as well. Um, Feel free to um, come in with your comments and suggestions. We really do appreciate all the questions and the comments that we get. Um, And once again, Dave. We'll see you next week and everyone else next week on the WNFL show.